0: You are locked into Locked On Badgers on a Tuesday slash Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, before the Wisconsin-Indiana game. My name is Asher Lowe, and I am the site editor at Badgers Wire, a play-by-play broadcaster for many Badger sports, including basketball and football. But most importantly, of course, I am your host right here on the Locked On Badgers podcast, bringing you the insider student perspective filled with stats, special guests, and all things Wisconsin athletics. Listen and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, Apple. Google, Spotify, if you are on Apple, if you could scroll down and leave a review, that would be a huge help. Uh, you can also play Locked On Badgers on your smart speakers by saying play podcast Locked On Badgers. Join me right now in the Locked On Badgers podcast to talk Wisconsin and Indiana. We're going to have a full game preview up for you right now. Jack Grossman joins me. He is the host of the Crimson Coverage podcast, works for ESPN 680 over in Louisville. He is an IU grad in the class of 2020 and all things Indiana overall. So, Jack, welcome to Locked On Badgers.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Ash. You're always very excited to be here.
0: Let's do it. So, Indiana basketball this year, 7-4 and four right now, coming into Thursday against Wisconsin, a 6 p.m. Central tip at the Kohl Center for number 8 Wisconsin and unranked Indiana. A big win over Maryland, a big second half in that game against Maryland, and it all starts with Trace Jackson Davis. What's the overall feeling right now in Indiana about the Hoosiers?
1: The overall feeling is, eh, (laughs) eh, I mean, are are they good? Are they not good? No one really knows yet. They they knew going into the start of Big Ten play that Indiana opened up with Northwestern and Penn State and Maryland and Nebraska in three of their first five games, and the goal was you got to at least be – you got to be at least four and two, the thought would be going – or three and two after those five games – and then they lose a game in Northwestern that they feel like they probably shouldn't have. You lose to Illinois. That's kind of expected. That'll happen when you play in Champaign against those guys. But it's just a lot of question marks right now. Cause you know, you have Trace Jackson Davis who's phenomenal. One of the best players in the conference and across the nation. But other than that, it's just trying to figure out how do you score points other than Trace Jackson Davis doing work in the post and finishing around the basket. And that's the million dollar question for Indiana that they just haven't figured that out yet. Even, Um, on Monday night against the Terrapins, the reason they were able to pull away in that game is because Trace Jackson Davis scored 12 straight points by himself basically put the team on his back. That's what happened in the last 10 minutes of that game, and they took advantage of Maryland going through a six-minute scoring drought. So they played good defense on the other end. They will defend the heck out of a lot of teams, but the question is, how do they score their points? And other than Trace Jackson Davis, no one really knows right now, and that'll be the difference of trying to step up and you know get to the NCAA tournament for the first time under Archie Miller, or having a really disappointing season in an absolute gauntlet of a Big Ten.
0: Yeah, I think this team is right on the bubble, and we'll see them on the bubble all year long. I do think they get in. I think they're good enough to get in. I think they should be in uh, in terms of preseason expectations for me and the roster. This team should be in. We'll see if they get there. Obviously, the Big Ten can be a gauntlet, like you said. I love Trace Jackson Davis, first of all. Uh, Badger fans, you remember him from last year, I'm sure but a lefty, a guy that can just sort of do it all from 15 feet in, just do everything from 15 feet in, even can step it out a little bit right now uh, and start hitting jumpers, a good rebounder, an athletic player, a guy that's going to be a really good pro in my opinion, a guy that will be at the next level sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm sure Indiana fans don't want to hear that, but it's, it's probably true. (laughs) Uh, Is he going, you think he's going this year? What what do you think? What do you think he's doing?
1: I'll, I'll put it this way. He still needs to improve his jump shot a lot, both from mid-range and from three. He hasn't even attempted a three-point jumper in his career at IU. So, he shoots there's obviously though. a lot of I – mean,
0: He shoots that mid-range jumper Not a really.
1: Lot. Not, no? No, not, not really, though. No. I mean, it was – Archie Miller kind of touted that he and Ray Thompson were going to be able to stretch the floor and hit jumpers so far this year, and it just hasn't happened. Thompson, a little bit more, is a bit more consistent with that mid-range jump shot. But Trace, I mean – if you look back at the Illinois game a couple weeks ago, it, Indiana kept giving the ball to Chase Jackson Davis at just inside the top of the key, a little, like a feet, foot or two behind the free-throw line. Illinois, Kofi Coburn, Georgie Bishanisvili, his whole game plan was, we aren't going to let this guy get to the rim. If he drives, we are going to have a massive human being, a Kofi Coburn there, and, three, and two or three guys coming up out. We are not going to let him finish on the rim. He gets – that he can take that jump shot hit it as much as he wants we are not going to take another on the road. you know how many times he even attempted the mid-range jump shot in that game just once so i mean jay jackson davis just doesn't look comfortable out on the perimeter right now and that's the thing that's going to hurt him the most at the next level he can't be a good nba player if he can't hit uh, at least a mid-range jump shot however the nba drafts off of potential and Trey jackson davis does so many other things well It is his elite so super elite around the basket has gotten better as a as a passer has gotten better as a defender he's a really good rebounder to where unless something goes terribly wrong the rest of the year he he will be gone gone to the nba i don't see any way where he comes back Yeah. I,
0: but also i wanted to say a jumper and i'm a huge nba fan a huge nba draft guy and a jumper is one of the most teachable skills especially for a guy that doesn't have bad mechanics like i watch him shoot he doesn't yeah. actually have bad mechanics there's nothing there's nothing horrendously wrong with his jump shot when you watch him shoot
1: he just doesn't really seem to want to take many jump shots his his free throw percentage has gone up it was in the mid to high 60s last year it's in the mid 70s this year so you're seeing improvement there but he doesn't look comfortable when he's on perimeter he doesn't look comfortable when he's taking mid-range jump shots and he usually doesn't make them the few that he's taking either
0: yeah absolutely so Indiana around him it's been a struggle on the perimeter. You mentioned Race Thompson as the other big, a guy that's more of a kind of bruiser, crasher, a guy that's going to be a tough matchup for Potter and Reavers, no doubt. But around those two, you got Durham, Galloway, Franklin, Finnessy, guards that just haven't put it together offensively consistently.
1: Yeah, that, that's the big issue for Indiana is that they don't have a distant guard play. And, of course, Avon Franklin, the one guy who has stepped up and has really elevated his game over the last month or so. So, he's had a stretch where he was shooting over 60% from three. He's now up over 45%, 46 47% on the season. He's playing great defense. He's handling the ball even a little bit. He's kind of become that second guy to pair next to Trace Jackson Davis. Still not enough to win games to just have two guys that can score, but – but was taking real significant strides. He rolls his ankle in the Maryland game. Archie Miller said in the post game on Monday night that he's highly doubtful to play both in his game against Wisconsin and against Nebraska on Sunday night. But just on the Wisconsin game, you got to figure you're playing without probably your second-best player right now, Franklin. A guy that's really the first dude in the Archie Miller era that's seen drastic improvement from year one to year two, really improve that jump shot, become a consistent threat from the perimeter – and now you got to be wondering where the heck do you turn if you're IU because Durham and Fantasy are both nice in spots. They've had big moments, but Durham's never played well against great competition. Fantasy just for whatever reason, doesn't have the confidence that you need to be able to be a consistent and effective scorer in the Big Ten. And basically, you, you see a lot of times just – it feels like Indiana is playing one-on-five on offense, and you have five defenders just staring at Trace Jackson Davis and waiting for him to get the ball in the post that you can swarm on him because there's just no confidence from Indiana. If the opponent, you're saying you can beat us if Trey Galloway and Al Durham and Rob Fettis and Jerome Hunter are shooting three-pointers. And there's no reason to think otherwise. Indiana hasn't proven they can win games if they're forced to shoot the three. The game against Maryland on Monday night, which Indiana ended up winning, but they went the first 25-07 without hitting a field goal out of the paint. What in basketball in 2020 have we ever seen the team go 25 minutes without being able to hit a shot outside of the paint? But that's just who Indiana – is right now, to where they do everything through Race Thompson, or not Race Thompson, even though Thompson has gotten better also. Trace Jackson Davis in the post, and you feel like a lot of times it's just five guys watching the dude in the post and just kind of mobbing him and saying, we don't want this guy to beat you.
0: Today's episode of Locked On Badgers is brought to you by betonline.ag. You can sign up for a free account right now at betonline.ag. And if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you will get 50% off your welcome bonus, all caps, no spaces, LOCKED On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So why do we trust betonline.ag here at the Locked On Podcast Network? It is the best place to bet on college football, NFL, NBA, every single night. Live lines right there for you whenever you want to get in on the action in a game within a game. You can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Remember, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And if you want some winners, you can check out the Locked On Bets Podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Getting daily picks and quick hitting betting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: I got a weird question. I'm sure you've thought about it a little bit. But what in the world is going on with Christian Lander? I'm not saying anything's wrong. I'm just curious. This guy's a five-star recruit, a guy that I thought was going to come in and play right away for a team that isn't at the top of the Big Ten, isn't near the top of the country. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, he was a 2020 i indiana sorry uh signee he's on the team right now he just doesn't play he's a five star he was the number 27 prospect in the country number one player in indiana a higher ranked prospect than wisconsin basketball just for reference has ever had in the history of wisconsin basketball and a guy that i thought was going to come in and at least get an opportunity right away
1: why is he on the bench Oh, it's a great question. It, it really is. It's been thought about for a long time. You're, you're, if you think about what Indiana really needs from a guy on the perimeter, it's a guy that can handle the ball, break down opponents, create his own shot, and create easy shots. for I mean, And that's I not, exactly what Lander not, does. I'm, he I'm is.
0: not describing Christian. I'm just, I'm just really confused, yeah. especially in, in modern college basketball. Are you not worried about the guy leaving? I, I mean, a guy that's 18 years old, doesn't want to go to the NBA at 21, especially with the resume he had coming in. And I know we all hate stars. A lot of people hate stars and they hate recruiting rankings and they say, oh, stars don't matter. Stars, I-, I wish they didn't matter, but they do matter. And when you're a five-star guy, you're number one player in the state coming in to Indiana and you're sitting on the bench as an 18-year-old, I'd personally worry about him leaving. Plus, as you just said, his skill set that I watched in high school, in albeit just highlight mixtapes, right? <laughs> literally fills – and that isn't the best judge of anything – but fills what Indiana – my highlight mixtape would look great, by the way, if you just put together like 10 minutes of my high school highlights. If you put together the rest of the entire sequence, it'd be awful. But my point is, he, he's the guy. Like, he, he makes sense as a guy that could help this team right away off the bench, and I don't understand why he's sitting
1: yeah, and I, I said this at the beginning of the year and I've kind of echoed it a few times. I thought he would be the key to Indiana's season. If Archie Miller found ways to get him involved, get him minutes, and have him be a rotation player, an effective rotation player, that's where Indiana could go from a team that's on the bubble to a team that maybe could get a six or seven seed in the NCAA tournament and win a game or two in the big dance. But we just haven't seen it. I think the number one reason is Lander is a guy that reclassified. He should be a high school senior right now, so if you look at him, he just doesn't have the have a Big Ten-type body yet to bang it with guys. I've, obviously, he's on the perimeter instead of in the post, so it's not as much of a necessity. But he's just kind of a slender build. He isn't great defensively. And Archie Miller just doesn't seem to trust to put him on the floor for major minutes just because he doesn't think he can defend. But at some point, when you go game after game after game, year after year under Archie Miller of just – Terrible, horrific shooting. No good guard play other than Romeo Langford from a couple years ago. You just got to say, at some point, you kind of just got to throw caution to the wind and let the freshman play and give him some opportunities, give him some good run to where he can actually get his feet wet, get some confidence going, and get into a rhythm. Because when he's in the game, you'll see he'll probably play. If the trend, he'll play like three, four minutes in the first half on Thursday night, and he'll look he'll look like a guy that's just trying so hard to force everything. is trying to make so many things happen all at once because he knows he's he has an extremely short leash. He's only getting a couple minutes, and he's trying to make a 40 minutes worth of impact in three or four minutes. And if, that's just not what you want from a guy that guy on the court because he's he he needs to just have a long leash for a game or two, just say, let him go, and just find, let him get comfortable and find a rhythm. Of course, that's where it hurts to where you don't have the uh, cupcake games that you would normally have, but even so, you didn't see it in the, in the one or two of those games that IU did j- did have over the season. So it's just been really questionable and really just head-scratching that Lander hasn't been given a full chance, especially since Fennessy and Durham have struggled so much.
0: Closing with this, how do you see this one going? How does Indiana match up, and what do they need to do to win?
1: They need to shoot the ball. I mean, <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, crazy uh, thing to go that goes with it. But they need to be able to shoot the ball. They got to do something they have done all year, and that's that's hit open jump shots. And I don't think that they can do it, especially with Armand Franklin out to where. They just don't have enough firepower offensively to offset Trace Jackson Davis. I am very inter- interested to see on the other end of the ball how Indiana defends Wisconsin with their with uh, with Reavers and Potter and all of them. I mean, Indiana is thin on the front line right now. Joey Brunk is hurt. He had back surgery, so he's out. So, Indiana basically just has Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson on the back line right now. They moved Jerome Hunter over to the perimeter when Armand Franklin got hurt. He had kind of been the backup four man that Indiana had used. But they moved him to the perimeter in the second half against Maryland. Indiana responded really well to that. That's when they made their clinching 13-2 run against the Terrapins when Jerome Hunter played the three instead of the four and was on the court with Grace Thompson and Chase Jackson Davis. So I'd expect Archie Moore to go to that more. Jordan Geronimo, another freshman, will probably play that back up big minutes. But Jackson Davis has done a really good job of staying out of foul trouble so far this year. Ray Thompson, not so much. So I think that Wisconsin is able to get Ray Thompson, especially – TJD, obviously, you want to get in foul trouble, but I think Thompson's the guy that is more susceptible to getting early fouls, getting the foul trouble, sitting on the bench, to where, where if Indiana doesn't have both those bigs on the floor, that's really where they could struggle defensively, and that could open the floodgates for the Badgers.
0: Jack, thank you for hopping on. It's going to be a fun one. I'm excited for Thursday, and I'm excited to get Wisconsin basketball back after a cancellation.
1: Yeah, thanks. Always, always happy to hop on. Enjoy doing it.
0: Today's lot on Badgers is brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that has every car part you could ever imagine. Serving up auto parts for customers for over 20 years online, you can go to RockAuto.com right now, RockAuto.com, to shop for any part from hundreds of manufacturers, any make, any model. You go onto the website, on the left side of the site, you can put in any make, any year, and you will find that part you are looking for. It's much cheaper. Uh, Buying it wholesale at rockauto.com than it is going to the dealer, doing all that stuff, you know, getting it checked out and having them put in a part for you. It'll cost you a ton of money. Whereas you can just go to rockauto.com and do it yourself. Rockauto.com, all the parts, all makes, all models. And when you go to rockauto.com, look at their How Did You Hear About Us box when you check out and write locked on in that How Did You Hear About Us box. RockOtter.com, the best selection at reliably low prices. So finishing up the Wisconsin-Indiana preview from my perspective here, from a Wisconsin perspective, I think it's really similar to Minnesota in terms of how Wisconsin is going to win this game, how Wisconsin won that Minnesota game. And I think this will be a theme for a lot of Wisconsin's games. This is going to be a little different in this sense. I think that one of the things you should be watching for every Wisconsin basketball game is how quickly does Greg Gard go away from the two big lineup from Reavers and Potter playing together because against Minnesota you saw that those two started the second half they started the first half but after that they basically didn't play together at all they would play a couple minutes each half and that was it they'd come out one of the two would be out at at all times basically throughout that game and it's all personnel it's all matchups so against Indiana when you have race Thompson just like Jack was talking about in the first segment when you have race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, two bigs, both that really do play on the interior. And if both stay out of foul trouble and both are in the game, and Indiana is playing with a big lineup that they usually play with, an interior-focused lineup that they usually play with, I expect us to see a lot of Potter and Reavers together in this game. It would surprise me to see them split up as much as we... They're going to be split up at some point, uh, definitely throughout the game, obviously. They're going to be split quite a bit, but I think we'll see more... Potter Reavers together. I think if it's a close game and they've played well together, you'll see them finishing the game together, something we have almost never seen this year. But I think you'll see that against Indiana. It's all about matchups for a Wisconsin team that has depth, that can beat you with a ton of different guys. And this Indiana matchup to me lends itself to the bigs. It also lends itself to doing what Wisconsin did against Minnesota. And I don't know if there's a matchup all year that won't lend itself to this. But at the beginning of the game, offensively establishing. The interior. Wisconsin went right away. You saw it right away from Greg Gard that the focus was to get the basketball to Micah Potter and Nate Reavers and let them go to work. Sheffin up early and clear space, let them go to work, and they delivered early in that Minnesota game, as I talked about uh, yesterday in yesterday's episode. Wisconsin's going to have to do that again. Now, with Trace Jackson Davis, I think the best way to defend him, honestly, is to have him off the floor. Or to just take everyone else away. Because you're not going to completely take Trace Jackson Davis away. He can take himself away at times. Uh, you can bait him into jumpers, like Jack was saying. But he's going to get his. He's going to get his 20 if he's playing this entire game. right? If he's not in foul trouble, he's getting his 20. So I would go right at him, right at Race Thompson on the defensive end. And that's where I try to exploit Trace Jackson Davis. A guy that has potential as a defender. I don't think he's a great post defender one-on-one yet but he can be I just don't think he is yet and I think that Wisconsin can get him in foul trouble with two of the best bigs in the conference in Micah Potter and Nate Reavers so I expect Wisconsin to go inside early and I expect the Badgers to take advantage of big lineups in this one different than we saw against Minnesota take advantage of those big lineups I expect them to sag a little bit off of the shooters for Indiana make Rob Finnessy and Durham beat you Right? Make Trace Jackson Davis beat you from 15 feet instead of from 5 feet with his just patented left-hand little float shot he has in the lane that just always goes in. His touch is incredible around the rim. He's one of my favorite players in this conference. In fact, I think there's a very real argument for him being the second-best player in the conference after Luca Garza. I think that I would actually probably put him there right now ahead of Io, ahead of a lot of other really, really good players. I'd probably have Trace Jackson Davis there. The issue for this Indiana team, like Jack was saying, is hitting from the perimeter. Can they do it consistently? I don't think they can. And I think that's why Wisconsin wins this game. It's not an awesome matchup for the Badgers. I think Minnesota's a really good matchup for Wisconsin. I think don't think Maryland's a bad matchup for the Badgers, but I think their energy just changed that one. This isn't a great matchup for Wisconsin by any means. You have a really solid big and Race Thompson who can defend at the rim. You have Trace Jackson Davis, who can punish on the interior. And we've seen the Wisconsin front line against a team like Marquette really punished inside. Maryland punished them inside as well. So a team that plays inside-oriented, a team that has two solid bigs, isn't a great matchup for this Badger team. I just think that they don't have enough guard play and perimeter shooting. I don't think they're capable, this Indiana team, of having, for example, a second half shooting the basketball like Maryland did. And that Maryland half was an outlier. So it can happen at any time. They can get hot, but I don't see it happening against really, really good perimeter defenders for Wisconsin. As far as a matchup problem, I think Aleem Ford is going to be a problem in this one. If I was picking anyone to have a big game against Indiana, it would be Aleem Ford. So here's why. I just told you Wisconsin wants to go to the interior, right? What does that do? That then brings Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, if you have a two big lineup, so not only did I say Wisconsin wants to go to the interior, I think I said I think Wisconsin will play that two-big lineup quite a bit. So if you have Micah Potter and Nate Reavers on the floor together in a cohesive partnership, and you bring Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis onto those two guys, then all of a sudden an Indiana lineup that is outside of those two guys, an Indiana starting lineup that is three guards— Trey Galloway, Jami Durham, and Armand Franklin, right? It's three true guards, and Galloway is 6'4". We're talking about Aleem Ford here, 6'8", 240. Who's going to guard him? That's one of the reasons I love that big lineup. Who is going to guard him? And the best part about Aleem Ford is that most 6'8", 225, 30 guys, right, that are big 6'8 guys against a 6'2 guard, you'd be wondering, well, Sure, who's going to guard Aleem Ford, but can that 6'8 guy guard the 6'2 guy at the other end? The answer with a Aleem Ford is yes, he can. He's extremely versatile defensively. He's quick defensively, has long arms, has been a really, really good defender on guards on the perimeter so far this year. And I think that'll continue for Wisconsin against Indiana on Thursday. So I'm looking for Aleem Ford to have a big game with the bigs for Indiana taking away wisconsin's bigs on defense not taking them away but guarding them and leaving aleem ford with what's going to be an inevitable mismatch and we've seen him look really solid in the post look really solid attacking the basket so if he is in attack mode and not settling for wing threes all day long and he can take a few of them they're they're good threes he takes but if he's in attack mode early and often he's going to have a 15 point game for wisconsin on thursday it all sets up well for him i think this game's close i'm going to go wisconsin by eight It's going to be really, really tight throughout a lot of it. But I think Wisconsin pulls away in the end because of Aleem Ford, because their guards outplay Indiana's guards. Wisconsin improves to 11-2 on Thursday, or at least I think they do. We'll see at the Kohl Center, 6 p.m. Central tip, and hopefully Wisconsin can feel good going to Michigan next Tuesday. As always on Wisconsin, I'll talk to you post-game.